Hey, it's Kathy. I have something so fun to tell you about. You may know that the doors are open to my new program, The Abundance Method, but if you enroll by May 15th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific, you're going to get my signature business program also made to do this. That's a $3,000 program that you are going to get for free, included if you sign up by May 15th, just before midnight Pacific time. Made to do this is a phenomenal program that has helped thousands of souls to start businesses, to be able to make a living doing something that they love. This is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at kathyheller.com slash join. Thanks to Miro for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Miro is a collaborative whiteboarding online platform created to help people visualize, discuss, and share work. Just like the whiteboard that hangs in your office, consider Miro a blank slate where you and your team or friends can all work, play, or something in between. Go to Miro, that's M-I-R-O.com slash dream job to start your free account. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I'm just curious if you got to hear Monday's episode with Sherry Salata isn't she amazing? She is incredible. If you're around later today, Thursday, July 29th at five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern, I'm doing a free workshop with Sherry. It's all about how do you do the impossible? How do you discover your purpose? How do you lean in, live in alignment? And how do you get to be who you were meant to be? It's going to be so good. I hope you guys can make it. If you want to sign up and grab your free spot, Go to kathyheller.com slash Sherry, and Sherry is spelled S-H-E-R-I. Okay, so I want to share a coaching call I did recently. We're going to cover things like how to identify your dream goal, how to break it down into manageable bite-sized pieces, and how you can break through those insecurities that are keeping you from playing to your full potential. I highly recommend that you download our free dream goal tracker worksheet. If you want to put these tips into action and start getting tangible results, you can get that worksheet at kathyheller.com slash dream. And I definitely recommend that you share the worksheet with a friend so you guys could go through it together and you can keep each other accountable to show up for yourself. Okay, let's get into the episode. Take a listen. Welcome, welcome. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. Let's do a little coaching, okay? Let's do a little coaching. All right, so here we go. Get out your pens and paper. So this pen is all I could find, and I mentioned that today because my daughters have taken every pen out of my office, and I have the dignity to have office supplies. There's not a nary of an office supply left in my office. This is all that there is. And my accountant's like, okay, so we're writing off. I I see you got highlighters and these and those. And I'm like, and I have nothing. I have not won anything left. So I took my daughter's pen. But you get out your pen and you don't covet mine because this is mine. It writes so well. It's so comfortable. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then my husband just heard me say that earlier. He goes, I'll buy you pens. I'm like don't bother. They'll be gone in 70 seconds. It's unbelievable. The thing I want to tell you is that you literally, when it comes to having any kind of, any kind of spell you think that you want to cast on the world, you want to be a better business person, you want to attract better, cooler friends, you know what you do? You stop trying to be impressive. That's what you do. You just be yourself. Honest to God, it really works better. And that really is something I did want to talk about tonight is that the way that I grew a business was, was this thing, whatever this, this just was just now. 
And I'm telling you, it's kind of like jumping out of an airplane when you're like, I'm not really totally sure how I'm going to be a, an impressive thing right now. And you just like jump out of the airplane. I promise you, you've been preparing for every moment you're in your entire life. You'll know what to say. You'll know how to be. And the bottom line is nobody wants to be sold. Nobody wants to be impressed. People want to connect. So the more you're normal and real, people go, I I don't know. It's like Velcro. Like I'm starting to like connect and attach to this person because you're normal. So part of the reason, honestly, that I do made to do this is because I meet so many people and you could ask my husband, my mother, my sister, wherever I go, wherever you go, whatever you do, we're gonna go through it together. The thing is, my friends, wherever I've gone, I see human beings who are amazing. They smile and the whole world lights up. They have good things to say. They do cool stuff. And I'll hold up this mirror and go, do you see this? Like this thing is awesome. And they're like, no, 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 no. And I go, what, what's the no, no. I go, what is that? And it's like, whenever I encourage somebody to go ahead and like put their them, their self in the world, all of a sudden there comes a little choo-choo train with a message that says, in order to do that, you would have to be something you're not. And that's a real big bummer. A real big bummer. I was just watching earlier today. I gave myself a treat. And when I give myself a treat, I'm like watching something that I like to watch. So maybe it's an episode of Friends. But today I was watching a recent episode of Kelly Clarkson on Maya Bialik's podcast, The Breakdown, which is a great show. And Kelly Clarkson is so real. And that's why people like her because she's herself. And you hear this and you read memes about it, but I'm telling you, let's be real for a second. Let's be realer than real. Like how often are even the people posting those things, they be yourself, how often are they being themselves? Come on, and I'm not gonna list names, but you know who I'm talking about. How many times are those cool girls with the awesome branding who are like, be yourself, be authentic. How often are they being themselves? So then what happens is you're like, yeah, yeah, you mean be yourself while you have your eyebrows done, while you have your lashes, while you also have the three things. What is it with the three things? Go onto Instagram and tell everyone the three things. Life is not the three things, okay? Life is life. There is no such thing. And that's why I do made to do this because I wanna like take you by the collar in a kind way and say, you get to be yourself and it actually works better. I told you guys this the other day, but my friend, Laura Belgray said to me, you should create a course called Don't Keep Your Webinar because my podcast is called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And she's like, whenever you sell, there is no sales pitch. It just, she goes, I don't know where, it, where, where was it? It didn't happen. I'm like, correct, you don't need it. You need to just drop the spiel and be yourself. And it actually works so well. And people don't see it coming because we're so tired how exhausted are you? How, I, I was talking to a friend today who I adore and she just like broke down and I get it. And she's like, I'm just so tired of holding it all. Just holding it all, just holding it all. How exhausting is that? Like, don't you get tired of it? The whole holding it all up and trying to level up every day and have an epic win all the time and trying and being, cause that's the exhausting part is like, that's not required. That's not good for your nervous system, right? 
I mean, it is interesting with like Instagram and Facebook. It is all about like, well, that only got six likes. Well, that got 40 likes. Well, that, 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 that. it's like, what does that mean? What really does that mean? So now you post to get the likes. So then you don't post what you really feel. You post what you think they want. It's like, it's so dumb. And then we have this thought of like, oh my God, I had nothing epic to post today. I don't have a headline-y kind of a thing. I didn't get the book deal every day. I only got it once and it was nine months ago. So what do I post today? It's like, that is the weirdest culture. It's like, my culture is called achievementcentral.com. And unless I'm achieving something, I may as not be taking up space. That's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. My friend Kate Northrup, she's like, any human, she says, who's ever worked the land knows that you don't reap from it every day. You don't harvest it every day. You give it a break. You let it sit. You let it seep, simmer, compost, all those things. Then when it is time for a harvest, the cherries taste better. The tomatoes taste better. You know that we don't do that in this country? We don't do that. We pump the land with with pesticides. We keep ripping it out of the soil so fast. And the tomatoes taste like garbage. So then you have to go get some additive and balsamic and all of these things. And next thing you know, you're just eating corn syrup. And now this has taken a dark turn. But my point is, that's how we look at ourselves. It's like, I have to be this. I have to be that. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, there's a whole world called all of the nice human beings that do exist. I know that we can have these glasses of like, everyone's the worst, the worst, the worst, John Raffio. No, no, not everyone's the worst. And all those people who are just waiting for you to have the courage to be yourself so that they can be your new friends, they're over here waiting for you to have the courage to just show up. And there's enough of those people that you can build your business making floral arrangements or pottery or having a women's group or doing some kind of retreat. And you go, I'm free now. Honest to God, I do made to do this because you are all the friends I wish I had in high school. Like I walked around in junior high and people were so mean to me. OMG, let me just talk about it. But the point is like, I showed up and in the beginning, I thought, Kath, you're really crazy. Like you're showing up, you're doing these things. You have the nerve to like gather people and like charge for what you do. Yeah. Cause if I don't do that, I can't do the thing. And then I have to go do something else. So then I can't write. It's like, it's all so fine and awesome and good. And then people go, thank you. Do you know how many thank you cards I get? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's literally my go-to karaoke jam. Um, Natalie Merchant. But the point is I get so many thank you cards from people and I'm like, you paid me for a class. They're like, I got so much more than what I paid you for. And I think so did I, because you're all the friends that I always wanted. And you were right there for me on the other side of me being like, this is it. This is what it is. This is what it is. And guess what? Together, we can go a long way. Together, we can we can make so much change and impact and get to do things that we love and get paid to do them. And there will be people who go, gosh, I'm so happy to support you. And I love the bagels you make. And I really love that you just taught my daughter yoga. And I really love that you just created this women's networking thing. I love it. Thank you. Here's the money in exchange for that thing that you did. And you're really nice and cool. Thank you. But the best way to do that is to stop trying to impress everyone. Am I right? Can you just 
drop it. It's exhausting. People think they have a business problem, but really it's a courage problem because what it actually all comes down to is we are afraid of rejection. We are afraid of rejection. So it's like, I would have to ask someone if they want to try this thing. I would have to offer this thing at a price. Oh my God, what if someone didn't like it? What if someone did it? Oh my God, what if, what if? And I said earlier in the class, I said, what would your life be like? How would your life change if you could tolerate being rejected? If we, and you know, it's so liberating. I remember early on, when my husband and I got married and we used to go out to dinner with like a couple and we'd come home and he would say, aren't you exhausted? And I said, why? And he goes, I don't know. You just work so hard. Like the whole meal, you're just like, you're like, yes, ending everything she's saying. And you're giving her husband all this praise and, and you're, you're paying for the check and you're, you're, you're doing all of this stuff. And aren't you just so tired sometimes? He's like, I know that everyone thinks you're so, you're so giving, I, I, I get it, but, and I started to cry. I said, why don't you appreciate that about me? He goes, no, I just, he goes, Kathy, like you, you could just sit there sometimes. Like you don't have to always be that interesting or that helpful. And I'm like, what, what, do, you, what, what do you mean? And I realized like when I was a kid, and I think this is the truth for so many of us, love was earned. And I knew that in order to, to be loved, I had to make sure everyone in the house was okay. I had to make sure my mother was okay, that I was in between my parents arguing. I, you know, there's all these, this, you know, crossfire between them and all of this stuff. And it, it was like, I had to help them and, and it just was what it was. But I think you know, he said something to me. He said, do you know how liberating it is when it's okay if if somebody doesn't like you, like it's not your job? And I realized that when someone does love you, it's not because you earned it. If that's why someone loves you, that's not love. Love by definition is not earned. It's just given. That's what makes it love. You remember in the movie Les Mis, in the play, I've seen them both, when this holy man lets Jean Valjean stay with them and Jean Valjean is like, you know, just on parole and he's like tattered and comes in and they give him a meal and a warm bed. And in the middle of the night, he steals all this gold and silver, these candlesticks and and well, not the candlesticks, he steals all of this other stuff. And he leaves and they catch him and they bring him back to this holy man's house. And they say, they say, he stole all of this from you. He took all of this from you. And he looks and he says, no, I, I gave it to him. And he looks at him and says, and actually, you forgot the best ones. You left them behind. And he goes and grabs the gold candlesticks and he hands it to him. And everyone cries in that moment because you know that is just grace. 
you know that that man, not only did he steal from him, but that man, the scene before is like he sees him stealing it and he punches him in the face and knocks him out. And he goes, no, you left the best behind. And that's, that's one, that's one moment where you see, oh, so love is just something that sometimes people just give you, right? And so I say this because I think so much of the time we all have this like old survival skill where we're such people pleasers and we we don't want to be rejected and we don't want people not to like us and we really feel that in order to be loved we have to be liked and in order to be liked we have to say what they want and be what they want and all this stuff gets wrapped up so tight we can't even see it anymore it's just like it's just wired into us but we don't realize why that's making us so anxious and and as I said earlier, if that's love, it comes at way too high a cost. And so my husband said, wouldn't it just be so liberating if you just let it be whatever it's going to be and you don't have to take care of everybody all the time and you can just just let go. And then if for some reason you didn't, you didn't fulfill whatever and they make a choice to not like you or love you or care about you that's so much their choice right and if you kept being impressive and kind and helpful and you kept earning it what the heck is that anyway right so I said it's really a courage problem and so much of what I want the participants in made to do this to learn to do is to have the courage to fully give themselves unconditional love and go into the world and give that love also and let other people have agency where they can decide that they want to give it or not and it's not about you there are people who don't like star wars or people who don't i mean i have never even seen most of i know don't kill me like it's not that i don't like it and all of a sudden i get in trouble but like there are people who don't like androids they like iphones there are people who don't like fuji apples there are people who don't i mean it has not it's like you could you could you could stand on your head and do the splits and juggle fire and some people will still say no and so what if we could just let go of this feeling of being rejected and we could just go into the world and be like, here I am. This is it. You know, this is it. And and then, yeah, you do put out your offer and things do start to click into place. And for everyone who rejects you, you can just keep moving. It's like, okay, and so what? Let's keep moving along. And I think about how many times I was rejected and how many times I asked someone to be on my podcast. And for every person who says no, uh, which is, let's say, for every 20 people who say no, one person says yes. Imagine if I would have been like, oh, my God, she said no, she said no, she said no. Okay, so what? You know, or the first few times I put my music out there and people were like, this is horrible and don't send this to me and your music is so bad. And or the times that I put out the podcast were like, oh my gosh, why does she say so good? That's so good. Somebody wrote that in a comment. It's so annoying and she talks too fast and she has this and I can't stand it. And you just have to be willing to say, okay, it's okay. You don't have to like me. It's, it's really 
so exhausting when we have to be liked. And so I think it's a courage problem. And I think we are just afraid. I think it's like a primal like thing where like we want to be loved and we want to be approved of and we wire so much of what we do based on that. Okay, I have a few more things to tell you, but before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsor. Thanks to Miro for supporting this podcast. Miro is a collaborative whiteboarding online platform created to help people visualize, discuss, and share work. Just like the whiteboard that hangs in your office, Miro is a blank slate where you and your team or friends can all work, play, or something in between. What's really cool is that you can write, draw, use videos, sticky notes, diagrams, or audio to make your vision come to life. This is the perfect solution if you're someone who struggles to collaborate outside of a traditional office or you're finding it difficult to use the tools in your workspace and you just want a fun platform to organize all your creative ideas in one space. I'm such a big dreamer and there's new ideas popping up in my head all the time, but I'm also the least organized person I know, which isn't super helpful when I have to communicate all these thoughts to my team. So I'm really excited to start using Miro because it gives me the ability to map out my ideas onto virtual sticky notes and I can add other things like videos and photos to give everybody a better sense of what I'm envisioning. We can also use their boards to keep track of our goals in a fun and visual way. Plus, I love that it integrates some of the tools my team already uses like Google Calendar and Dropbox so it's really convenient. Miro is creating a revolution in how we create and collaborate. So join the over 20 million users today. You can sign up and use Miro today for free. Go to Miro, that's M iro.com slash dream job to start your free account. Sign up today and take advantage of three free whiteboards with this exclusive offer. Go to Miro, M-I-R-O.com slash dream job and start using Miro today. There's no reason to delay. Okay. So here are the questions. Number one, what's the goal? I know that you haven't had prep, but I know that you have a mind and a heart. And before you go to sleep at night, you have a thought like that would be the goal. Write it down. What's the goal? What really is that goal? If you were really put to the question and someone said, what is your goal? What really would be a goal that would feel like that's the goal? Is the goal, I want my marriage to be better. Is the goal, I want to make more money. Is the goal, I want to wake up and feel like I am actually in alignment with me, spending my precious hours doing things that I love. Is the goal, I want to be a better mother. Is the goal, I want to lose 20 pounds. Is the goal, I want to be healthier. Is the goal, I want to quit smoking. What is the goal? What is the goal? Write it down. And see if you can be as specific as possible. Freedom to be myself. I want to make money working out. Fulfillment, financial abundance. Making a difference for kids who are fighting battles. See if you can be as specific as possible. So so for that person, you could say, I would like to help someone like this kid with this battle. And for someone who said, I want to make more money, write down a number. Like that would give me like the buzzy feeling because that would be enough money that it was not just enough, but it was extra. And then I could do all the things plus take that trip to Greece or take my mother to that place she always wanted to visit or fix up the guest house or whatever it is. Be specific. That's good. I want to make $5,000 a month. I want to do more of what makes me happy and get a good income. Great. What makes you happy that you would want to do? And what would be a good income? Is it like I would want to be a potter and I would love to make $22,000 a month doing that? You want to retire by 40, but in alignment with yourself and help others find alignment. And what does that look like? Because if you were in alignment, right? Like I want to be able to whatever. So let's Let's go to the next question, which is, 
a little bit of what I was asking. I was just saying be more specific, but beyond be more specific, here's the second question. What would it mean for you if that goal came into fruition? What does it mean for you? If you actually were in alignment, if you actually could help that kid, if you actually did live in abundance, if you actually did make 10,000 a month for writing poetry, what would that mean for you? What would it mean for you? Write it down. Would it feel like freedom? Would it mean for you that you had the ability to be a light to your kids? What would it mean for you? Would it change your life? Would it allow you to leave an abusive marriage? What would it mean for you? What would it mean for you to have that goal that you just wrote down? Freedom. Some people just wrote freedom. What would it mean for you to have that thing come to fruition? What does that mean? Why do you want this goal? Why do you keep thinking about it every night? Why do you keep thinking about it when you go to lunch with your friend and you're finally done complaining about your husbands and you really talk? Why do you always talk about this goal? Why does this goal keep coming up? Why have you been thinking about this goal for the last 20 years? What is it about this goal that if you had it, what does it mean? You would get your life back. You would feel confident. Okay. You'd have meaning. You'd have joy and purpose. You'd feel fulfilled. Okay, let's keep going. I have a few questions written down. Next question. Where are you at right now in relation to this goal? Where are you at right now in relation to this goal? What's going on? Are you almost there? Are you hitting an obstacle? Are you feeling like you're not even reaching for it? What is going on? What's in the way? How close are you? What's the honest answer? to the question, where are you at right now in regards to this goal? Where are you at right now in regards to this goal that's gonna give you a sense of meaning and freedom, this goal that you cannot stop thinking about, where are you at right now? Ready to go, not all there, not even close. I need to figure out where to pivot, halfway there, writing the query letter for an agent, awesome. I'm in my way, I'm at the beginning, I don't have the tools, so far away. I'm at zero, ground zero. I'm on track. I'm on the very bottom rung of the ladder. I don't know where to start. I have all the skills, but not the courage. I'm stalled out. I don't believe that knitting will be a good income. My obstacle is what? What should I pursue, it says. I dwell in overwhelm. Type a one in the chat if you are feeling like you're not alone right now. Type a one in the chat if you are seeing that other people have similar things and situations and thoughts that you do too. So we just heard some, some beautiful dreams, right? And we heard where we're at right now. So the next question is, how much longer do you want to wait to see this come together? And the next question is, so what, what if this thing exists, this, this dream, this goal, what will you do then if you don't want to wait? What will you do? Because part of what makes a goal achievable, when you are working on anything, right? Let's say you're talking about your business or what you want to create. You want to create more abundance. You want to you want to create something. You need process goals and progress goals. Process goals and progress goals. So what does that mean? That means that 
let's say you wanted to grow your Instagram following. So a process goal is I'm going to post every single day. A progress goal is I would love to see that by the end of the month, I have a thousand new followers. So one's the, the goal of like, what is my process? Like in order, in order to get to the progress, this is the process. And then we can measure it because we can show up consistently and do that process goal. And then we can actually have something to look at and we can do that sort of, we, we teach people sort of trash or tra treasure where you look back at that, that, that goal and you say, okay, what was in that process? What, what was I doing? Was there an uptick? Okay, so what's trash and what's treasure? What worked and what didn't? Okay, so now I can try something else and I can measure it the next time. And if I start seeing an uptick, I know something I'm doing is working. And if I don't see that, I can kind of reroute and I can pivot and I can actually keep adding process goals and I can change them. And then I can even stretch the progress goal as well. And we can do that with so many things. So we need process goals and we need to know what that is as opposed to just saying, I think what really makes it hard. And I know this was the case for me when I first went into this moment where I was like, okay, I, I got to sink or swim. I have to find a way to make money as a songwriter. I remember that feeling of just like, oh, what do I do? Oh, and I kept coming up with like no answer, nothing. And so I took out a yellow legal pad and I said, okay, I literally did this. I was like, I'm going to start at the top here with what is the goal and work backwards, ask a question that works backwards to my next step. So it was like, I want to write music for film and TV. And then what's the next question? What songs do I need to write? Who do I need to get those songs to? What would I need to do to actually have the song ready to send? I need to work with a producer who can produce it. Who would be the right producer? How will I even begin to know what songs they might want? And like down and down and down until finally I was like, the first thing I need to do right now is watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy, no joke, and listen to the music and write down who the songwriters are and who produced those songs. I'm not even joking you. So I had my next, my next tiny step as opposed to like, I'm going to write music for film and TV. It's like, how do I get from here to $300,000 a year writing music? So then I like watched Grey's Anatomy on my DVR and I kept fast forwarding. I was like, oh, Snow Patrol chasing cars. Oh, that's Regina Spector. Oh, did it. And I was like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. who is that? And I look at it and go, that's an indie artist. Okay. Who produced that person? And I found a couple people in LA and I was like, okay, I'm going to reach out to these people. So then I reach out to this guy. I'm like, I heard your music on so-and-so. He's like, oh, cool. Thanks. I go, how does it work if I want to create a record with you? And he goes, well, you come in with like five or six songs and we spend two weeks in the studio. That's how I work. And I'm like, okay, so I need to get five or six songs written so that I can go in the studio with him. Okay. So I'm going to call on my co-writer. I had a co-writer, a girl that I, I, I knew from LA and I had her. Cause I said, if I write these by myself, I know I won't get it done. So I said, okay, Kyler, can we meet if I want to get this record recorded next month at the last week of next month, we've got six weeks to write six songs. Can you meet me at tree people? It's like this park up on the top of Mohan 
every single Monday so we can write a song. And she's like, yeah, I go, okay, how about this? Before we meet there, can you and I both make a pledge that we will watch a few a few commercials so that we both come to the co-writing session with an idea of like, what might these commercials, what might the themes be in the lyrics? And she's like, oh, absolutely. So it's always like, here's my step. What's the next little tiny process next step? So uh, we would do that. And I was like, oh, I just listened to a Dr. Pepper and a Coke and a Target ad. And I heard this song by Spencer Ludwig and everything is like super like fun and like, let's write that song. And so we were always backtracking so we could find our next right step. And so that became the process goals, right? Process. And then the progress goal was like, okay, can we make this record and can we get one song in one ad? Okay. Now, how do we do that? Well, in order to get that one song in an ad, how many ad agencies do I need to reach out to? Right. So then we started to say, okay, why don't we start reaching out to the ad agencies first before we even write the song so we can actually find out first from the I guess this horse's mouth uh, metaphor is probably old, but we can hear from them directly. What projects are you working on? And then we can start building a relationship. And now we we know that, okay, for every like 20 ad agencies that we connect to, it it might be like one, you know, might maybe gives us a bite. So then, okay, we need to start going through and we would go onto LinkedIn and look for producers at ad agencies in Chicago. And we made spreadsheets, San Francisco, New York, and when people, when I would, and this is the thing I'm trying to say, when I would talk to songwriters who were my friends who would like sleep till noon and whatever they would do, they're like, just tell me like how to do it. Like, how do you do it? And I was like, okay, well, da, 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 da. And I would like show them like a spreadsheet of like all the different ad agencies and all the different trailer houses and all the different studios, Netflix and Amazon and NBC. And okay, these are these people and this is it. And this is when I write them an email and then I follow up in two weeks and they're like, just, what's that part where you like, you know, so you like, you get to make a check for writing a song. And I'm like, there's a whole process to this. But what happened was it was like driving a car after a while. I would do this next thing. And then I knew what, what the next thing was to do. So I had broken down the process. So I knew on Mondays, I write music on Thursdays, I record it in the studio. And then when my daughter was napping, cause I had a baby, I was reaching out and sending emails to people and making cold calls to people at ad agencies and film studios and on and on it goes. So when I say all the things that I'm saying, the reason why I wanted to like kind of take the, the hood off and look at it is because it's not complicated. But what we do is we make great the enemy of good. We're like, I want to make a million bucks. Oh, I can't figure out how to do that. You know what? I'm just going to go work for my uncle at, a, at this insurance company. No, 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 no. You can do that. But we have to start with what's that next granular little step. And when you do the next granular little step and then that next step, it's actually not hard and it's very not crowded there. Most people are not taking those steps. But we need to know the process goals and the progress goals. And then we need to rinse and repeat them and then get better at them and then look at what we're doing and measure it and go, okay, did that work? Did that not work? So how do we reverse engineer this? Some people are saying, no idea. I should take action. I don't want to wait another moment. What's the next thing you're going to do? Whatever we are not changing, we are choosing. And then, you know, I mentioned Kelly Clarkson before, and I just heard her say, 
she was just saying this to Mayim Bialik on her podcast. She said, you know, Mayim said, your voice is amazing. Like the first time everybody heard you sing, we were just like, I can't believe that this voice is a voice. It's, it's, it, it seems unreal. It's so incredible. And Kelly said, you know, that voice, she said, I grew up in a town, she said, where everybody could sing and it really wasn't a big deal. And she said, but my voice got better and better. And she said, actually, she added this part. She said, actually, I had a few choral directors who were so hard on me because, and she put in this part, because they refused to let me not live up to my potential because they saw it in me. So she said, they held the line and they were tough. She goes, so tough that I would cry multiple times. She goes, I can remember crying. And thank God, she said, because that choral director saw who I was capable of being and held the line so I could step in and become what she saw. And my voice exploded. And I think that that is so important. And I think that that is so the story. I have had so many amazing people on my podcast. And at one part or another in the story comes the moment where they tell me the one person who saw, who saw further than they could see. And that's the point in the story where they usually kind of break in their voice a little bit. And then they take me on a little journey about how that person came along. And from that point on, it was different. I think Oprah has this story when she talks about Maya Angelou. I think that every person I've ever met has this moment. And the research has shown that the way that we actually achieve goals is by being accountable. And we have to have people in our life who are really loving and really kind. Not people who play the part of being nice. Because the people who play that role of being nice to you as opposed to being kind are not actually going to help you. And when I was in, in the summer of my, like, I was going into sophomore year of high school, I did a, a bunch of shows up in Boston, like kids summer stock type thing. And I was in a show called Into the Woods and I broke my arm actually that summer. And I played, can you guess, who can guess who I would have played in the musical Into the Woods? Oh, Joanna got it. Uh, yeah, I played Little Red. Yeah, a few of you got it. You got it. And in the show, I sang one of the hardest songs. Give me a little credit because it goes up and down. And Stephen Sondheim loved, he likes to keep musical theater kids on their toes. Um, but in the song, she says, and I know things now, many valuable things that I hadn't known before. Do not put your faith in a cape and a hood. It will not protect you the way that you should. And take extra care with strangers. Even flowers have their dangers. And the scary is exciting. You ready? This is, I did this all for this. She says, nice is different than good. 
she says, nice is different than good. And that was my big song. It's called No Things Now. And I rocked it. Yeah, I did. By the way, that was the first summer in my life. That was the first moment in my life that I knew that in the moment I felt good about myself. Just to say. Because up until that moment, I did not feel good about myself. But something happened to me that summer. And I wasn't even supposed to get that part because I was the new kid. And I auditioned. And this girl, I won't say her name, wanted it. And she had been going there every summer. And she thought she was getting it. And they gave it to me. And that part and getting that moment changed my life. And it was fun to wear a red cape. But I did break my hand. You want to hear a story? I was waiting in the wings to go on stage to sing No Things Now. And the wolf, the guy who plays the wolf, was backstage. And in the wings, it was very dark. And I was supposed to crawl out because I had just been eaten, right? Like the grandmother and whatever get eaten when they get a whole thing. That's a whole metaphor. In any case, I was walking out and he accidentally stepped on my thumb and my whole hand broke. And I had to go on stage with a broken hand. I was like, oh, I'm in some pain and sang and performed, went to the hospital after, found out it was absolutely broken, wrapped it, had a cast to hear. Um, and they gave me a red cast so I could do the run of the show it was all fine. But the reason I bring that up is because nice is different than good. It just is. And her point is that the wolf was really nice. He was charming and he, hello, little girl, like come over this way. And he was so nice and nice is not good. Nice can turn into being good, but good and nice are not the same. And kindness, when you're a parent, if you want to be kind to your kid, you don't let them eat a bowl of gummy bears for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, even though they would think that was really nice if you did. If you want to be a great parent and you want to be kind and you want to be good, you have to say no quite often. And you have to say yes too. But the point is that we have goals and a part of us is dying. No joke dying all the time that those goals are not coming to fruition. And that's really what everything is about. Every time you feel really, really angry at that this person's not coming through, you're not coming through for you. Every time you feel so mad that whatever situation is the way that it is in the world and it's not fair, it's because you're not feeling inside that this thing is, is it's always there is my point. It's always there. And then what happens is we tend to find a group of people to hang out with who oftentimes keep us feeling safe and they're nice. And they're like, it's totally fine. You're totally fine. It's all fine. It's all fine, but it's not fine. And so what I'm really, really proud of and impressed by truly is that when I started Made to Do This, I knew that this would be a place where the cost of admission was being good and the people in the group would actually be kind to one another. 
there's respect and there's sensitivity, but there's kindness. And everybody says, "Mm -mm, I will not let you talk yourself out of your potential. Not today, not on my watch. So I ask you those questions because you should be asking yourself those questions every day. Just like my daughter literally today says to my husband, we were laughing at dinner. She goes, smell my breath. I brushed my teeth yesterday. And we all laughed. And he goes, you have to do that every day. She's four. It's okay. We'll give her a pass. But the point being that you are like, oh, we just talked about goals. Like, yeah, that probably should take a little bit of the time out of your very busy life that, yeah, every day you probably want to be looking at your goals and understanding what you're doing today that's going to get you closer. And as my friend Evan Carmichael says, if you look at the next month and there's nothing on your calendar that makes your heart race, you're not going to grow and you're not going to hit the goal. So I want to actually be one of the people that comes along and loves you more into life and holds up a image of what is possible and who you really are. You are stronger than the fear of, well, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to try because it might be awkward. You're stronger than that. You've survived all of the hardest days and you're here and you're not just here. You're kind, you're loving. I see the way you guys show up. You're smart. You're conscientious. You have so much in you and you're playing so small and it is not okay with me. I've had opportunities that I can't, just because I had the courage to do this thing, which I thought was so dumb at the time. I'm like, no one's going to listen to me. There's already a million shows. This is so embarrassing. I recorded it and then I said, no, I'm not putting it out there. And then something happened that's never happened in my life. I lost my voice, completely lost my voice. Had to get a shot of steroid because I lost my voice. And I lost my voice because I had made the decision not to put the podcast out and something inside of me knew that that was me cutting off something that had to come out. And then I said, forget it, I'm just gonna do it. And I'm glad I did because it's been four years and we are 21 million downloads into that stinking podcast. 21 million downloads and we are gonna cross eight figures this year. I'm pretty glad that I made that choice. And the reason that that podcast blew up is because when I made the choice, I knew that if I made the choice, I was making a commitment to do that show consistently, not try to do it, do it. And by making that commitment to that decision, eventually the brilliant podcasts come, eventually the guests come, eventually the audience grows. And I started with zero. I didn't even have an Instagram following when I started. I didn't even have an Instagram account. I remember when I started the podcast, I started an Instagram account just then, started it, and I put the link to the podcast in the caption, and my friend David reached out and he goes, Kath, I'm not trying to be critical, I'm trying to help you. That's not even how Instagram works. They can't hyperlink. I was like, okay, great. How is everyone gonna listen to my podcast? I didn't know what I was doing. But somehow, when you heed the call, there's a lot of magic right behind that, but it takes you being willing to surrender the fear. I'm just saying and you do that for yourself, congrats to you. Congrats to you for being like, I matter. I want to make decisions in my life where I tell myself that I matter and my goals matter and my dreams matter. And I want my kids to see that. 
And I want them to see that I'm willing to take the first step. I'm willing to say, I'm going in. And Ian LaPatton, who owns Spiritual Gangster, he told me that. He goes, it's amazing. When you take that first step, it's like in a cartoon where you see the guy step off the cliff and then there comes the bridge. He goes, you take that step, you go all in, boom, the gates open, right? Because you step into a paradigm of abundance. You're making a decision that you're not going to stay committed to this feeling that the world is scarce. You're not going to stay committed to the idea that there is nothing that you can be doing. You're not going to commit to that anymore. You're going to change the belief and you're going to change your identity when you do that. And then you're going to say, what are the habits of a person who believes that way? And because you change your identity in that moment and you make that kind of decision, your habits will follow suit. And you will say, well, a person who believes that way would show up and do this work. A person who believes that way would do that thing, even if it's uncomfortable. A person who believes that way would not tolerate one more year of living in scarcity and being checked to mouth or being in this position where I work for someone and I hate it and my health is suffering and my life is suffering. A person who believes that way would take different action. And we always, always, always want to be congruent with who we think we are. So when you make those kind of decisions, it's actually the greatest gift you give yourself because you make a decision about you. The point is when you make that decision, things will change the tiniest bit. And when you think about Tiger Woods, okay, or some other golfer who maybe doesn't rub people the wrong way. I don't know where Tiger Woods stands at this point. I don't know anything about golf, but he, I think of golf. I'm like, okay, happy Gilmore. Think of a golfer who's a pro golfer. If you look at the difference between the guy who hits the ball and, and every single time like wins and wins and wins and wins, and you look at the person who comes in second, it's usually like a two millimeter difference. It's like a two millimeter difference because what happens? If you're on a boat and your boat is headed in one direction and you change two degrees on the compass, two degrees, not nine degrees, not a hundred degrees. If you were to change the compass two degrees, that boat that was headed here, instead of going here to Iceland, two degree, two degree shift, you go five miles out, 20 miles out, hundred miles out, thousand miles, it winds up in a different continent. Decisions like that are massive. They're major especially a decision like that, that's a commitment because it's the decision that will keep deciding for you that you are staying accountable to yourself. I love you guys. I hope you guys are having the best week. You deserve it. Bye. So I hope that was helpful. Remember, we have this free dream goal tracker worksheet that will give you some questions similar to the ones we covered in this episode. It'll help you start putting those ideas into action. Now, here are the takeaways. Number one, the way to grow a business and have better relationships is to stop trying to be impressive. No one wants to be sold to or be impressed. They just want to connect. Number two, you don't need a sales pitch. Drop the spiel and just be yourself. Number three, ask yourself, what's the dream? Be as specific as possible. Number four, whatever we are not changing, we are choosing. Number five, take a look every day at your goals and understand what you're doing today to get a little bit closer. Number six, if you want to grow, then put something on your calendar every month that makes your heart race. Number seven, when you heed the call, there's a lot of magic that comes right behind that. It just takes you being willing to surrender to the fear. Number eight, once you take the first step and go all in, boom, the gates open. You're not going to commit to the old stories. You're going to change the belief and you change your identity when you do that. 
Okay, now I want to give a shout out to some of our awesome alumni. So Reva said, holy crap, you guys, I just signed my first coaching client for my 30-day program literally out of nowhere. She was referred to me by a woman I barely know. After our call, we decided that she was in need of some breath work. Luckily, I'm doing my facilitator training this weekend. Just when I start to lose hope, the universe comes along and gives me just the sign I need. I still need to work on raising my prices, but I'm on my way. And then just a few days after posting that, Reva said, okay, I'm on fire today. Three signups for my hoop circle on Sunday and one discovery call for my breath work and health coaching tomorrow. I've been posting and sending offers all damn day. Reva, this is so amazing. This really just goes to show you that when you raise your hand and you tell the world that you're available to serve, the magical doors start opening for you. I am so proud of you. Keep us posted on all the growth you're making. You guys can give some love to Reva. Her Instagram is at it's a revolution and revolution is spelled R-I-V-A-L-U-T-I-O-N. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I can't tell you what it means to me that you, that you show up and that you listen to the show because I know how much you have to do. I'm, I'm well aware. If you want to get all the great episodes we have coming up, then definitely subscribe to the show. It's free to subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying the content we're putting out, tell a friend. Tell someone who you think could really benefit and use this reminder that they're worthy of a life that brings them purpose and joy and a renewed sense of their true self. Share the link to the episode or any of your favorite episodes and let them know how the show has impacted you. Don't forget that tonight, Thursday, July 29th, you can hang out with me and my good friend, Sherry Salata. We are doing a free workshop at five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern. It's going to be a live workshop. It's free. It's all about how you can take the next step to do the impossible, that which you think is impossible. How do you open the door and how do you actually claim the life that's meant for you? You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash Sherry. Sherry is spelled S-H-E-R-I. It is a free workshop. I cannot wait to have you there. I'll see you guys tonight. I love you. I'll leave you with a song of mine and we'll be back on the podcast tomorrow.